What's up, everybody out there in podcast land? Hello. It's Drew and Dan here, back at it again. <laughs> welcome with, welcome to our pod. With another podcast. As always, this podcast is brought to you by the Breakfast Burrito at Expatriate. Best in the city. Divine. Available Saturdays and Sundays from 10 to 2. Uh, this podcast is also brought to you by the Amazon Prime commercial yesterday that featured uh, the family with a newborn baby who was scared of the golden retriever at first, yeah. but turns out the dad bought a some sort of lion's mane that the, <laughs> the golden retriever wore, and, uh, and the baby started petting the golden retriever, and it was somehow an Amazon Prime commercial, but... Uh, things got a little dusty yeah. with uh, with Drew in the living room. I won't, I won't uh, lie, Dan. That might be the best commercial I've ever seen. It's a great commercial. <laughs> uh, this podcast is also brought to you by Andrew Wiggins' new sneaker, which I think is so dope. Especially the black ones. It reminds me of like mid-90s Shaquille O'Neal signature shoes somehow mixed with like the Space Jam signature they're, shoe. They're like flight at hiking boots. It, yeah. They're horrible. Do you have something else to say besides... <laughs> Because that sounds awesome. No, they're awful. Those are those are bad. Those are bad shoes. Of course, I'm down with the curry lows, the white curry lows. Uh, I'll be buying them soon. We got a cop. You cop some curries. I'll cop some Wiggins. Yeah. We'll rock them on the pod. Okay. <laughs> we'll wear them on the pod and then yeah. tell people <laughs> who are only listening about them. Uh, shout out to all the subscribers on iTunes, Dan. Yeah. Lots of people subscribing. I love it. It plays havoc with our stats. We have no idea how many are listening. There were thousands. Yeah. Uh, now it's maybe millions. Yeah. We don't know. Uh, guys, on the real, we're we're super stoked that there's anyone at all listening to this yeah. podcast. Uh, <laughs> I think it's exciting. We shout out to shout out to the Scanlon brothers. I gotta shout them out. Paolo was texting me about basketball the other day. Yeah. Dane listens to the pod. Doesn't really know anything about sports. Yeah. He thought Dallas Willard was Damian Lillard. <laughs> uh, but it was a low our, moment. It was a low moment. If we have any goal, it's just I want people to be excited about the things that I'm excited about. Yeah. It's fun that people are listening to the pod. And, and right now, that's basketball and the Bachelorette. And um, I got to be honest, Dan, we get way more people listening to the Bachelorette than the basketball pod. So if you're listening to a basketball pod. We love you. Shout out. We love you. Okay, Drew. Yeah. Game six. Game six. We're going to talk Dude. a little bit about the finals. Dude. We're going to get into some deeper stuff, some darker stuff. We're going to get into some, some sketchy territory here on the pod. Mm. But game six, I was um, I was wrong, Dan. I thought the Warriors would, would do it in six. I stuck by that claim all along. But I was also thinking about a healthy Warriors team. And, uh, you know, things... It's it's the same old story. Warriors, um, you know, Warriors got down early, tried to shoot their way out of it. Shots when the shots aren't falling, it's uh, it's not going. It's not going Rough. their way. Um, so I mean, bottom line is Bogut was not on the floor. He he was on the last pod. We weren't sure if he was going to play. Turns out he's out for the rest of the finals. Mm-hmm. Seven foot rim protector. His one job is just defense. You know, that's the Warriors' actually strength is defense, as we talk about all the time and. Uh, losing a pr- your primary rim protector like that really changes things. It affects the rotations, and when it affects the rotations, it affects the chemistry and the way guys play together. And you could just see they were really out of sync the whole game. Um, they they did not play well together. Um, Andre Iguodala was hurt and on and off the floor, and when he was on the floor, he didn't look right. And so the Warriors were just out of sync all night, and then they got, you know, the Cavs won the game in the first quarter. Let's call it what it was. They just punched them in the mouth in the first quarter, came out. Um, Warriors could not get anything going offensively. Harrison Barnes played a horrendous game. Horrendous game. 
Like, we mm. thought he was bad in the game before. Man, we would take that performance over, even though he yeah. hasn't scored in either game, really. I mean, the ringer, been... the ringer tweeted a picture of a fake obituary, and it said Harrison Barnes max contract. Yeah, rest so, in peace. So bad, Dan, Not because uh, and just to contrast Harrison Barnes's performance with Tristan Thompson's performance, Dude. these are both role players in the starting lineup. And Tristan Thompson put it this way in his post game: He said, "I'm just trying to be a star in my role." And that's such an amazing quote because he's yeah. playing out of his mind. He's rebounding. He's in the right place at the right time. He's getting these loose balls. He's outworking people. And he's in the right place at the right time for the occasional tip jam. Yeah. He's, he knows LeBron and Kyrie. Are, you know, it's, it's, it's their world. And he's just dominating in his role as a role player. Harrison Barnes probably took the first five or six shots of the game, missed all of them. He missed all of his three-pointers. I mean, he was over from the floor. And, and he was just settling for long. The Cavs are just letting him shoot because it was an automatic turnover. Yeah. So just really didn't know his role, really tried to do too much. Um, he And when the Cavs were just running away with the game, they got to be attacking the rim, right? You got to attack the rim. You got to get fouled. You got to stop the clock. You got to get to the free throw line. You got to get the feeling of the ball going through the hoop, and then you set up your team on defense. It's that simple. That's how you stop runs. The Warriors had no answers for the Cavs in the first quarter, and it cost them the game. So I, I kind of laid into Tyron Liu a couple podcasts ago and uh, just this dude has no business coaching an NBA team type of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, dude, I think he was getting a lot of flack for playing LeBron, what, like 44 minutes a game, like some something crazy. Then he stood by his decision. Hey, man, it's the finals. Um, this is when we need our guys the most. And I think last night – proved that uh, LeBron played a heavy amount of minutes and there's literally nothing the Warriors can do to stop him. No. He, uh, and again, people know how much I dislike LeBron, but last night, I you were there, you heard me say it, LeBron is just amazingly good at basketball. LeBron was absolutely dominant, has been dominant the last couple games. Like you said, they have no answer for him. But what he did really well especially yesterday, is whenever the Warriors had that little glimmer of warrior-ness, that little mm-hmm. flicker of hope, that little thought of here they come, right? They were down 20-something early on, and they're back in it, right? Or here yeah. they come. That moment, LeBron had an answer every single time. Yep. He had an answer for every single run they started to do, and he put an end to it. Offensively and, and defensively. Yeah, just, just he, did it on, yeah, on both ends. It was phenomenal. And then we had kind of ragged on his jump shot lately, the long three. He was just mm-hmm. stepping up and putting that cold-hearted nails in the coffin. Last night was one of those games where I wish he wasn't playing a team that I like. Yeah. Uh, but part of me – had to just set aside the fact that I was bummed Golden State was losing and just realize that, like, we're watching an historic performance last right. night. Uh, one of the best players to ever play. He was so disciplined on defense, and uh, there was that one fast break that Curry had, and yeah. Curry tried to fake him under the hoop, trying to do a finger roll. LeBron didn't budge and just swatted away the ball when Curry yeah. did shoot it. Uh, and, and, dude, you're totally right. Golden State, one of their strengths throughout the season was they'd be down, they'd be down 20, the same amount, 22 at half yeah. or whatever, and they'd come back into it. 
and they would get on these streaks on these runs. They'd start sinking threes, and the other team would just go into chaos mode right. and start flinging bodies at the Warriors. But the Warriors are – they thrive in chaos. Mm-hmm. Curry thrives on those off-balance three-pointers, and, and LeBron had this ability last night to, to play disciplined defense, to anchor his team, and to not get, not get carried away when the Warriors started making shots. Yeah. So I totally agree with you um, uh, up to a point. There were moments of chaos, I thought, and I will say I would absolutely agree the Warriors thrive in that moment, but a healthy Warriors thrive in that moment. Sure. Last night, the team the Warriors had out there, you have to play Brandon Rush significant minutes. You have to, yeah. uh, you know, you have Iguodala unable to really move up and down the court. And so... Um, they were they really didn't thrive last night in chaos because they just didn't have their your Anderson Verjao is on the court he's chaos regardless whether it's supposed to be chaotic or not he's just such a circus right he has yeah. no body control he has no ability to even score the ball he's just out there to to just run around which is what he does and so just these you know this Warriors team they had out there that wasn't the same Warriors team there were circumstances that had led to that situation of them being in that in that place but. Um, so just to be clear, the better team won last night. The Cavs were the better team. They yeah. won it in the first quarter. But there were definitely circumstances that said, hey, this is not the same Warriors team. you know. And, and that's actually a problem when we think about who's going to win this series. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll talk more about some of those circumstances. But um, you know, Steph wasn't even on the floor for most of their big run in the first quarter. Yeah. Uh, when he was on the floor, it didn't really matter because – Harrison was jacking up all the shots, but then he left the floor for a significant period of time on some bogus foul calls. Um, and yeah, Iguodala had to leave the floor. Bogut's not playing. So some other guys are just struggling right now. Draymond didn't come through. Things were just not the same. And yeah. that's a problem. People are saying this is, oh, the, this is the reverse OKC where they, you know, OKC was up 3-1 and they choked it away. Warriors are up 3-1 and they're choking it away. I don't think it's a reverse OKC. I think it's a reverse of the finals last year mm. where, you know, one team was injured, the Cavs, and one team was peaking and getting great play from unexpected places. Right now, the Warriors are injured and the Cavs are peaking at the right time. They're getting the dominant performance from LeBron. Plus, I mean, guys are coming in. Um, Dante Jones, <laughs> Duke by way of Rutgers, NBA journeyman, played in the D League this year, came in and gave him minutes off the bench. I mean, I mentioned Tristan Thompson, J.R. Smith, who has made our most hated players list, right? Yeah. Uh, but J.R. Smith is like a new J.R. Smith. I heard stories about how he's quit all the off-court crap that he's been involved in, and he's focusing Part on his team. Part of that is he has fa- to live in Cleveland. <laughs> he's focusing on his team and his family. and But it's showing a little bit because he's kind of like Tristan playing his role and hitting hitting shots, and, and he's not quite as psycho as he normally has been. So Cavs seem to be peaking at the right time. Uh, Warriors are struggling to get to get chemistry. They're not healthy um, emotionally, all over the place, and we saw the emotions boil over. We're going to talk about that. Yeah, we'll Let's talk t- about. We'll it talk about the refs. We're going to talk about the emotional state of the game. We're going to talk about Steve Kerr's presser. Dude, fire. We're going to talk about a lot of stuff right now, Dan. Where do you want to go? Uh, I want to. I want to just just wrap this game up really quick. We, you and I chatted a little bit watching the game last night. That it's obvious when. When Golden State's shots aren't falling, yeah, there's there's nothing you could do. But it, Golden State last night seemed to have this like like they're so used to their shots falling and so used to climbing back from these deficits that they just try to 
try to keep shooting, keep getting up three pointers in hopes that they'll fall. Um, but we, there's a few times near the end of the game where, where clay would drive, Steph would drive, Draymond would post up and, um, and man, part of me wondered if they, if the shots aren't falling, just, just get any kind of bucket, right? Yeah. Like go inside out, post up Draymond. Harrison has a decent post game. Livingston has a good post game. Clay and Steph can get to the rack. Um, I'll, I'll tell you know. this, Dan. The Cavs are playing phenomenal defense. Mm-hmm. I mean, phenomenal defense. And the Warriors in the state they are, that the lineups are having to put out there, there's guys the Cavs are able just to leave. They don't have, there's certain guys offensively they don't have to really guard at all. Mm-hmm. And so the Warriors aren't able to spread them out the way they normally spread with the four-out, five-out offense with the high pick and rolls. They're switching like crazy. Their perimeter defense is locked down, and they don't have to cheat guys up on the double teams, right? LeBron's just camping down low, right? Tristan's just waiting. They got these guys down there just waiting in the post, and their defense is just stifling, and that defense is leading to a lot of turnovers, and it's leading to lots of transition. We got Festus Azili on the court. LeBron's just running by him for dunks. I mean, they're getting the turnovers. They're getting the or and and by turnovers, a missed shot is a turnover, mm-hmm. right? They're settling for bad shots. They're not getting to the free throw line. The only way the Warriors have a shot is to start attacking the rim and getting to the free throw line because these long shots are getting they're contested. They're shooting contested shots. They're one-and-done possessions, and then the Cavs are in transition. Azili's slow getting back, or whoever's slow getting back, and it's LeBron for another dunk, and the yeah. crowd's in it, and it's nuts. They, the, war, the Warriors have got to start attacking the rim and getting to the free throw line. Yeah. Okay. So game seven, I honestly feel like I don't, I don't know what to expect anymore. We, I don't know. Cleveland's peaking at the right time. Yeah. But goal, it, there's still the part of me that's like, man, is Golden State really going to lose three games in a row? And are they going to lose the last game of the season at Oracle? They're looking like they are. They're, They're looking, looking like, like they a team are. that's going to right now. You know, I, I'm, I'm rooting for them. I'm pulling for them. But they need a big, they need a big gut check. Um, and they need, you know, honestly – they're going to need someone to step up. They're going to need a role player. They're going to need an athlete. They're going to need to step it up on defense, and they're going to need somebody to actually hit some shots besides Steph. Yep. Uh, okay, so game seven's on Sunday at six, I believe. Yeah. We'll uh, <laughs> we'll see what happens, man. Yeah. So Steve Kerr tried to light a fire. Yes. Yes. Uh, so, I mean, that's, and that's all you can do, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, Steve Kerr goes into the press conference guns a-blazing. It was amazing. Do you, uh, I'm going to pull it up really quick yeah. because it was amazing. So there was just emotional fireworks at the end of the game. And obviously Scott Foster was officiating the game. Scott Foster, uh, in the Portland series ejected Livingston for the first time in Livingston's entire life. He led to an, uh, got the, the game to an emotional pitch where Livingston lost his cool mm. for the first time ever. Curry was reject was ejected last night because yeah. the game got to this emotional pitch. Um, and just fired his mouthpiece. The mouthpiece heard around the world. 
just drilled a fan on the sideline, which was just amazing. Dude, the, and I you never see Curry that do that. So much. You yeah. never see Curry do that, right? React like that, blow up at a ref, throw his mouthpiece at a fan, and in classic Curry fashion, right? He he just kind of heads over, apologizes in the moment, high fives the fan. Yeah, because that's that's so Curry. Classic Curry. Like when he has a meltdown, he's human. He was frustrated, and rightfully so. He absolutely should have been frustrated. Yeah, loses his cool, and then says in the moment says. That was wrong. I'm sorry. And he just owns yeah. it right then and there. So, Even Aisha, so great. she rattled off that fire tweet, yeah. which I love, deleted it, and apologized for yeah. it. Yeah. It's heat of the – I don't know. I, I like when, when athletes and famous figures show, show moments of humanity like yeah. that and like, man, I'm a human, yeah. and I'm sorry for acting this yeah, way. Yeah, people know? on Twitter killing the Warriors for being whiny in that moment. I'm yeah. just like, oh, shut up. You're such a hater. Just own your hate mm-hmm. because – you know, they were frustrated. They're human beings. They reacted and then they apologized immediately. Yeah. It's just awesome. I, part of me, I don't know if this will really play in the next game, but I, I really liked seeing Steph that fired up. Yeah. Cause we usually see him, we usually don't see him like this. Yeah. He's, he's mild mannered or he's celebrating. Um, can I read you a quick transcript of, Please. of Kerr's presser? So the first question. Steve, do you think your team has lost its composure, specifically Steph, when throwing the mouthpiece and getting ejected? Kerr says this. Well, that had nothing to do with the outcome. The outcome was decided, but he had every right to be upset. He's the MVP of the league. He gets six fouls called on him. Three of them were absolutely ridiculous. Yes. He steals the ball from Kyrie clean at one point. Totally true. LeBron flops on the last one. Also true. Jason Phillips falls for that for a flop. As the MVP of the league, we're talking about these touch fouls in the NBA Finals. Let me be clear. We did not lose because of the officiating. They totally outplayed us, and Cleveland deserved a win. But those three of the six fouls were incredibly inappropriate calls for anybody, much less the MVP of the league. Yeah. Can we just moment of silence for how amazing that was? Yeah, cost them 25 grand, and that's money well spent. Money well spent. Totally and I, worth it. I did a little research on this this morning. I don't know why. I don't know if anyone else will find this enlightening. But but every every NBA player, every NBA coach at a press conference, even in an interview, I listened to an hour-long interview with Jimmy Butler yesterday, and uh, the guy interviewing him was trying to get him to talk trash about other players, and he wouldn't do it. Uh, every especially in today's culture with social media and kind of the Twitter culture, athletes and coaches are, uh, they're extremely cautious in what they say. They're extremely calculated. They have PR people that work for the team. So every coach and every player knows that there's certain lines you can't cross or else you'd be fine, maybe suspended. One of those lines is, uh, verbally attacking referees, um, or criticizing referees. So Steve Kerr, we, we can't, we can't view this as I don't know if anyone watched the presser, but he was extremely composed. He knew he knew that he was going to get fined for saying these comments. Um, he got fined twenty five thousand dollars. Steve Kerr makes five million dollars a year. So, so my question to you is: is first of all, is it regardless of the price, is it worth it? NBA Finals to get fined for uh yeah you know i think in a way he was putting the refereeing crew uh, for the next game on notice to say hey take a look at the tape you cannot deny the sixth foul that curry got was not a foul yeah it was just it was not a foul there was no contact at all with any body to body 
remotely, just mm-hmm. not a foul. So the officials will have to see that and say, wow, we just took the MVP out of the game on a bogus call. Um, another call was equally bogus. Another call was not a foul, but it depended on the position of the referee at the time. From one angle, it looked like he came across the body. From the other angle, you realized he got all ball. Yeah. So um, that was just a vantage point thing. Um, so I think Steve Kirsch is saying, hey, uh, this is the MVP of the league, and look at what's happening to him off the ball. Yeah. Hammer time. We've said it on every podcast. And it was even more more so last night. He's never complained about what happens to him off the ball. He's getting absolutely body blocked yeah. every trip through. And uh, and then he gets fouled out on, on hand-to-ball touch, you know, just clean clean strips. It's mm-hmm. it's ridiculous. Kerr's putting him on notice. Um, I agree with Kerr. The officials didn't cost them the game. No. But they kept Curry uh, from being a contributor. Um, yeah. And, and, and to a certain extent, even though I guess the officials, like – they didn't. They didn't determine the outcome of the game. Officiating like that determines flow of the game. Absolutely. And uh, chemistry of the team. Um, and just the fact that we've never seen Steph Curry that frustrated like ever before. He right. threw his mouth guard at a fan. Yeah. Um, and then apologized. But uh, it stuff like that disrupts the flow of the game. And it. it I I really appreciate Steve Kerr. Um, Having Steph's back, yeah, a lot of other coaches would have been more diplomatic about it and would have would have addressed the team in the locker room. Um, man, guys, where the calls aren't going our way, we just got to play harder. But I love that Steve Kerr uh, stuck up for for Curry for his team, um, defended them against NBA officiating, um, which is a huge step. He knew he was going to get fined, but. But man, I think it's worth it. And, and so twenty five thousand dollars really, when you make five million dollars a year it's not that much. It's, it's a half of a percent of what he makes. If you, I don't know how much you make. I don't presume to know close to 5 million, close to 5 million. Let's say, let's say you make $50,000 a year. Okay. Uh, you would in by that same, by that same math, your fine would be $250. Easy. Just like easy Trump change. Yeah. Uh, so I, if I was in Kerr's position, man, I, I would do the same thing. And, uh, if anything, that'll ra- rally the team. Um, yeah, anything to rally the team. I, I actually don't know why I just said easy because two hundred fifty dollars is a lot of money. <laughs> yeah, it is <laughs> and, a lot of money. So if that's not a lot of money, can I have two hundred fifty dollars? <laughs> we'll talk about it. All. <laughs> uh, I was like, easy, no sweat. I'm like, wait a minute, wait a I'll, second. <laughs> I don't even have two hundred fifty dollars right now. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, moving on. So we got. Uh, I don't know. It's, it's just, to, I totally agree with you, Dan. It was just a great moment yeah. uh, for Kerr because what else are you going to do? You're down, you're injured, mm-hmm. you're emotionally, you know, just beat. Yeah. Uh, it's in your spirit, right? Clay Thompson left the floor early, mm-hmm. you know, bad form, by the way. I'm not going to, I got, I can't defend that. Yeah. Um, you know, that just shows the level of frustration uh, that was going on, and you know, this is a weird game. Weird game, and you know, the Cavs played brilliantly. Cavs played brilliantly. So yeah, the, the officials were bad. Officials, you know, there were bad calls against the Cavs too, and the Cavs overcame. You know, yeah, won it in the first quarter. So, um, but what do you think, Dan? A lot of talk, the big talk today is the NBA rigged. It's all over. It's every tweet. It's yeah. every article. 
most people are criticizing the Warriors fans for saying the NBA is rigged. I haven't yeah. seen really any Warriors fan say that except for Aisha, who took it back yeah. and apologized. But everyone is just having a field day, creaming people for saying the NBA is rigged. So, so what do you I, think? Yeah, I. Uh, Damian Lillard had a great tweet yesterday. I don't know. I don't know if you follow Dame I or do not, not. But um, someone. Some fan watching the Warriors game tagged Dame and said, "Oh, this sort of reminds me of the of the Warrior series with the Blazers and the NBA rig." Like basically, this fan was saying that the NBA <laughs> rigged the Warriors to win against the Blazers, and uh, Damian said, "Unless he's something along the lines of unless the refs like." physically put a magnetic strip in the hoop and cause him to miss shots yeah. then it wasn't rigged yeah. so i like dame owning up like man like the some calls might might not have gone our way but the nba isn't responsible at the end of the day for us making or missing shots right and i think i think ultimately that's the that's the foundation of this argument but the, there's been a lot of people comparing this series to uh to the 2002 um, Kings-Lakers series Mm -hmm. and how that was one of the greatest NBA rigging jobs of all time. (laughs) And uh, I'm not complaining about it. But I just don't – I don't see this as on that level of of conspiracy. Um, But I I will say – and you know me. You know I love conspiracies. You believe in the weirdest conspiracy theories of all time. Well – the people, the people need to know. People need to ask questions. But I, I do think a series like this where you have the two best players in the NBA, um, you have a couple different storylines. You have the Warriors' historic 73-win season. If they win the finals, uh, they go down as the greatest team of all time. Right. Um, if LeBron James wins the finals, he cements his legacy even further. Um, so I do think it's in the interest of – the NBA to have this this series go seven games, which is financially, it's in their interest to have it go seven games. It's yeah. in their interest to have it go six games. You know, I I don't think the game is rigged, like Damian said about the actual outcome yeah. of the game. I agree with you. There's influence over the flow of the game, as you yeah. said earlier. That's a big deal, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, we've seen Tim Donaghy, a disgraced referee, admit to you know controlling the outcomes of games and yeah. he says that's still going on now yeah. whether or not people believe him is is up to is up to people but you know disgraced and he's a convicted liar so take that with a grain of salt yeah but he lied about the thing that he's saying happens right mm-hmm. he's saying I, i'm in jail for fixing games it's still happening and and so i think you know game flow is is controlled by officiating and at what level is the NBA behind that? Yeah. I don't think Draymond should have been suspended for what happened between him and LeBron. Or even like yeah. I mean obviously he was suspended for the culmination of things, but but I don't think the LeBron versus him incident warranted getting another one added to the culmination and getting him suspended yeah. because it was just a minor dust up. Two guys came together, LeBron instigated great an incident. LeBron instigated an incident wanted a certain outcome he got that outcome but even like i don't think what draymond react how he reacted war two guys got tangled it was over and that was done should have been done in that moment but Mm -hmm. he got suspended for the next game that cost them bogut for the rest of the series because if draymond's playing you know theoretically that changes the rotation bogut's not in that position at that time doesn't get his knee blown up yeah right so 
those are so they had to play game five without their best defensive player all around and then game six without their primary rim protector mm-hmm. so for a defensive team like the Warriors that needs that defense to get their shots off on the other end uh, that's a big deal yeah and I think the NBA was involved in that you know obviously not directly but their their influence just created that scenario yeah created a game six and then that game six created a game seven and the referee uh, flow control was very questionable mm-hmm. And I mean, there's there's all kinds of NBA conspiracy theories. Um, a lot of them with the draft. Uh, a lot surrounding the Lakers, actually. But but what people don't understand is is the NBA rigging games is not as simple as oh the refs made Golden State lose this yeah. game. No, Golden oh, State lost because they didn't make shots. Yeah, Cleveland but did. but also where my where my conspiracy theory mind kind of gets carried away as far as the NBA is in any in any NBA finals game or any NBA playoff game there's like four or five different ways to make money off the game right there's at the beginning of the playoffs you bet on on who makes it to the finals obviously you bet how many how many games each series goes and then each individual game has uh, an over under um, like Cavs if the Cavs are favored to win by four points, then it's in the ref's best interest or sorry, not the refs. You you would want to, you'd want to bet accordingly. Right. So there's, it's not as simple as if the NBA was truly rigging these games by using the refs, it's not as simple as they just make a certain team win a game. It's more nuanced. It, It involves points. It involves the point spread. Um, it involves the total amount of points uh, scored in a game. If if the over under is at two hundred, you bet the under, and um, it might be in someone's best interest for the game to go over that. Right. You know. Uh, so it's more. I don't know. There's more. It's more nuanced. Um, there's there's evidence in past seasons of just really weird instances in which a team was clearly going to win the game, but the refs calling it really really close at the end. Um, presumably to get the point spread in the the right place it needs to be so anyway anyways 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 all to say i i completely believe that there could be outside forces at work uh but it's it's so hard to actually the type of conspiracy that people think is happening it would be very very hard for that to actually be happening yeah i don't know Adam Silver seems like he's got a little bit more of a tighter ship than David Stern. I yeah. think if David Stern was in power still, people would be losing their minds. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't really know what else to say about that. Um, we got a game seven. Uh, for fans of basketball, you couldn't ask for something better than that. Finals, game seven, yeah. two superstars. Um, you know, I feel like most of the country is rooting for the Cavs right now. Um, I think LeBron has has won him over. It's the, you know being down three one, yeah. right? People didn't want. People were like, oh, if the Warriors wrapped it up, people were done, right? But with the Cavs scratching back, it's really interesting. Yeah, you know, I get, I'm a Warriors fan, so so I'm not for that. But I get totally get why you know the country's like, man, can they do it? Can they come back from three mm-hmm. one? And uh, and and so it's it's really interesting. I I certainly think it's advantage Cleveland. Yeah, even on the road, I'm gonna say it's advantage Cleveland. It's theirs to lose right now. They've got all the momentum. They've got all the health. Um, 
and the Warriors are the Warriors are struggling. Yeah, they need something. They need to, they need to find something, and they need they need someone to really really step up. Yeah, I don't I, I don't have anything else to say. <laughs> Chris uh, Gatling is not walking through that door. Yeah, because yeah, because he's, he's in jail. It's uh, if you're still listening to this pod, first of all, thank you. But uh, <laughs> we're it's just a weird. The series is at this weird point. Uh, you pick Warriors in six. I changed to pick them in five. It, it's just kind of it's Golden Seven. I'm coming to terms with the fact that Golden State might lose this series. Yeah. Um, but also. It's this for me personally. I can't stand LeBron, but I last night I sort of had to set aside all that hatred yeah. and just just enjoy the game. Like I don't know, he is doing, he's putting up historic fi- finals yeah. numbers. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's weird. I uh, regarding LeBron, we've talked about this on we had several pods about our most hated players in the NBA. LeBron to me used to be way more hateable. The decision was ridiculous. His arrogance, you know, in certain situations has been ridiculous. You know, when he, he's called, I am the greatest player in the world, you know, or whatever. Like he just kind of like who says that about themselves? It's, mm-hmm. it's ridiculous. But um, and then you know all the flopping tapes. Like people have kind of forgotten about that. Like he used to be called La Flop, and there's all these just amazing <laughs> mixtapes of him just taking to dive like Anderson Verjao. Yeah. So he's got all these really hateable moments in his past. But he's kind of redeeming himself right now for me during this series, because you know, other than the Draymond incident, which was yeah. which was you know garbage, it was a desperate move and it sort of worked. So what can you say? Um, but when they put a mic on him, he's generally saying the right things. Yeah, uh, he gave Sager just a great that was cool, just, just a great moment last night. Um, and he's even, you know, he's saying the right things. He's doing it the right way. He doesn't have like the off court quote, Kobe Bryant, Mm -hmm. J.R. Smith type moments. See what I did there. Uh, he doesn't have those moments like tarnishing his legacy really. Um, and so I don't know. LeBron is kind of redeeming it himself for me right now. I really hope he loses game seven as a Warriors fan, but, uh, I'm not hating him right now. I think he uh, one thing I've come to appreciate about him just watching him last night and see how he's grown in maturity he he really understands when when to be intense and when to um I don't know when to kind of walk away from a situation yeah. he there were a couple times where he threw down just a crazy dunk yeah. and he would immediately compose himself and just sprint down the other end of the floor right. get a blow you know where where he's I think, on a mission yeah yeah i don't know anyways i'm not i'm not mad at lebron right now i hope he loses but i'm not mad at him yeah i don't know i don't, I don't know what else to say you know uh are the warriors gonna win I, i'm hoping so uh yeah. anyone who thinks they're they're favored i don't i don't think he's been watching i'll be interested to see uh what the vegas line is yeah i should have looked that up but um Big, it's a big deal for the Warriors that they're at home. It's a big deal. I think one thing that's safe to say is now we can throw any conspiracies out the window. Well, for the most part, I think if the NBA if the NBA's ultimate goal was to have this series go seven, they got it, so now there's no reason for the refs to call it one way or another. Right. Or at least I hope not. So I feel like we can expect a pretty evenly called game. Yeah. Uh, yeah, man, it's, uh, 
I'm nervous thinking about it already. But I, I'm a little nervous too. I'm gonna be a, a bundle of nerve. I don't. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, it, I'm just gonna try and enjoy it as a basketball fan. Yeah. Whatever happens. Yep. Uh, you guys, we'll have one more NBA Finals pod after this. Yeah. It'll probably come on Monday. The emotions might be too high Sunday night. Uh, but yeah. <laughs> Let's see how it goes. I'm just gonna enjoy it, Dan. Okay, it seems like the it. winner. The winner is everybody. It's a game seven NBA Finals. Two superstars. Number of superstars. It's gonna be great. All right, thanks for listening, everybody. Thanks, guys. See you next time. I got 100 on my dash, got 200 in my trunk Name in the grab bags, put my Bible in the trunk Taco vodka on the top of my binocular, I'm drunk How can I can make them popular, pop them when I want See I'm living with anxiety